from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. We need as much money as we can. This is the Press Box. The age difference on this show. With Grady and Bischoff. I'm glad you're the one that went in on the details of how my works. Oh, come on, I'm feral. My mic is on. Is your mic on, Ed? No. Dang it! There you go. There you go. Take two weeks off and everything is backwards! Ed, Tyler, and Lindsay here on the morning show on uh, Friday, end of the week. How many times do you go to Culver's, Lindsay? Four. Oh. In, in the uh, snow? Oh, yeah. The minute I got home, Christmas Eve, straight from the airport, I go, Papa Fush, please take me to Culver's. Get my uh, plain butter burger with just ketchup only. No cheese on that burger. They try to put cheese on everything there for, because they're from Wisconsin. And cheese is good. No. <laughs> no. It's questionable. And then uh, a hot fudge banana shake. And then I had it three other times. And that was pretty much the only Minnesota centralized restaurant that I got to. Because there's a couple others that I just haven't been able to hit up. Because there were snowstorms <laughs> yeah, and you well, didn't want to go out in there, there? There's that. It's it's hard to get people to go to, to Big Bowl. Are you guys familiar with Big Bowl? It's, it's like a fancier one. A Big Bowl? No. It's like a fancier upscale um, Asian eatery. It's really good. And I, I get a stir fry bowl there. I haven't been there in probably three years, which is unfortunate. And you didn't go this time? I didn't go this time. Six days. It's like the uh, royal tour of duty. It's just stop after stop, club after club after right. club, like Lady Gaga said. And so... It was uh, it was a hot lap, and now I'm back, and I'm happy to be back. Happy yeah. to be in here. Do you guys have do a good holiday? Do you find this morning cold? What do you mean? You here? get the ski cap on. Well, I, this is just more because I, w- I was at the Knights game late last night, right. so I got a good three hours of sleep in, and so I was yeah. woke up. I'm like, mm, I'll shower later today, so I just put the hat on. <laughs> And um, yeah, that's just it, it's this is this is toque season for hockey players. You just wear these hats everywhere with a with a with sweatpants, with a suit, whatever you want to do. All right. It's part of the style. The first bite. Oh god, my phone like okay. Should Raiders fans want the Raiders to win this weekend? I think Raiders fans should want Derek Carr traded <laughs> for a first round pick <laughs> well, more than anything. This weekend. They can't do this weekend, but I do think ultimately I think they should want him traded for a first round pick. Raiders with a loss could pick as high as sixth. Uh, Raiders with a win could pick as low as 13. Now, even if they won, they probably would only fall to like 10 or 11. They likely wouldn't fall all the way to 13, but it is possible they could fall that far. So right now, and by the way, they're slotted to pick eighth if this last week didn't happen. They'd be picking eighth in the draft. So is there a big difference in your mind between picking, let's say, sixth, eighth, and tenth? Because those are those are the. I guess I, I guess we should say think, sixth and tenth. I would think. Well, okay, if we're skipping eight, I would think there's a difference between six and ten, depending on if Ziggler and McDaniel's know what they're doing, unlike their predecessors who missed on you know ninety percent of their <laughs> then draft. It doesn't matter. Bring at a better all. character test. Then six and eighteen don't matter if they're going to miss. <laughs> Uh, Actually, you'd rather pick 18 because you pay those guys a little bit less. That's true. So if you're going to miss, you might as well not (laughs) spend the money. No, I think 6 and 10. I mean, I'd rather, if I'm a fan of them, get the 6th pick and trade up and get one of those quarterbacks because at 6, you're probably going to miss out on them anyway. So to me, the key is about quarterbacks. And I don't know how far along the front office is in already evaluating this draft class and the quarterbacks. But... One and two are expected to be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. 
and Will Levis is the projected right, third, third guy, and then Anthony Richardson somewhere later in the first round. So if you're picking sixth, you're probably in a good spot to get Will Levis, right? You might not guaranteed, but if you're picking sixth, you're you're probably in a decent spot to get Levis. Whereas if you're picking tenth, Levis is probably gone mm-hmm. at that point, or at least you're risking it a lot more. And so to me, this comes down to the quarterbacks and which ones do they like and how seriously would they consider drafting a first round quarterback and making that guy the starter going into next season. And the other part of it is like you said, trading up. If they got through and they were like, CJ Stroud's going to be a star. We think CJ Stroud is the, the franchise level quarterback that we need to compete with Patrick Mahomes. And we have to do whatever it takes to get up to two to draft him. Having six is going to make that a lot easier than having 10. Sure. Now, if the Raiders front office is looking at this and saying, we're not drafting a quarterback in the first round, we're going to find one in free agency or a trade, and we're going to draft a different position. There's then, not a big difference. Like, yeah, there's right. going to be like, there's going to be a conceivably better player picked six than 10. You'd rather pick six than 10, but every other position in the sport it's not as big of a deal as quarterback. So if they've already decided we're not drafting a quarterback, the difference between six and 10 is negligible. But if you're going after a quarterback, that could be the difference in getting Will Levis and not getting Will Levis or having enough assets to get up to two to get C.J. Stroud. What ones do they have left after Devontae Adams? All of them. They only traded the 2022 picks. They only traded the 2022 picks. Yeah. Okay, so they could... Trade the sixth and another one. They could give up next year's first round pick. If they it, wanted CJ Stroud that right. bad. It depends or, or, or on more. It'll, it'll depend probably on, take more if you're trading up to two overall. Yeah. You gotta look at like the Bears trade for Trubisky as a precedent. Don't look at that trade. Well, don't look at the execute <laughs> who they who they picked for it, but right. it's gonna take a bushel yeah. of assets. And the other key is how many other teams are trying to get up to two. Because if there's oh yeah, because if there's those three two or four teams right. that You're are like bid against each other, we want to get to two. Right. Then you might be looking at oh boy, how bid are we against getting each there? other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and by the way, this is where a Derek Carr trade and that conversation comes into play right. as well. What do you get for him? And if like, you get a one, that's even more assets. Right. Like, do you get a first round pick for Derek Carr before the NFL draft happens? Right. And if you do, then you have the assets to go up and get it. And you cannot, here's the other argument to it. And again, this it all depends on what the front office views this quarterback class, and maybe they don't even have set in stone views yet. But the other argument, if you trade Carr for a one, you can look at the roster and say, okay, we're going to use all of our draft picks on non-quarterbacks because our defense isn't any good. Our offensive line is Colton Miller and Dylan Parham. A bunch of guys. Right. Andre James, and a bunch of guys. We're going to use all of our draft picks on, on defense. non-quarterbacks. And try to build a good team through draft picks because even not we talk about with quarterbacks, but every other position, the rookie wage scale is good value too, Mm -hmm. right? So you draft a corner, you draft a defensive tackle, whatever it is, they're going to be paid less than the normal starters at those positions. And then say, we got Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever in free agency. And you try to put together how the 49ers are successful or that, right? And you say, hey, we're going to build a good roster around a quarterback and hope we get Brady or Rogers or Lamar Jackson. But if we don't, we'll still be competitive with Jimmy with Garoppolo. Garoppolo or Jarrett. Oh Stidham, if that if the Lord comes here and graces us with his presence, it's over for all of us. I for think who? Jimmy, Gar- for what do you mean? 
For Jimmy Garoppolo, the Lord. Oh, the, their playoff who, chances? No, I think that they would be a, a really solid team because I think that you could probably sign him to not top money as we're talking about pay scale and rookies and everything else. He's not going to command top quarterback dollar in this market, and so you can kind of get him in a mid-range deal. He might. And have more I, money left I, over. I'm curious to see, like, if, if Rodgers stays in Green Bay and Lamar, Lamar Jackson stands in, stays, in stays in Baltimore. I think Lamar might be leaving. Well, I think they're going to tag him. He could get oh, tagged. There, there's that, no too. I think they're going to tag him. If they he could if hold both out. of those guys yeah. stay, then Brady could become a... Brady could, whatever, stay Brady. in Tampa, Brady's retire, the big, could become the a big free fish. agent. He's the, he's the great white buffalo that they're chasing after. that, after. who's the next best quarterback on the market? Garoppolo. It's Garoppolo yeah. or Carr. So and and if, Josh has experience with both. So yeah, why so, wouldn't you take the cheaper alternative well, no, who's younger, Is he going to be cheaper, though? Jimmy Garoppolo than Tom Brady? Well, yeah, than Brady, but after Brady. Like, let's say Brady... Stays in Tampa or retires. Are we, are we legitimately considering anybody else that hasn't been in a Patriots uniform? Like, honestly, especially with both of them entering the market. I think it's one or the other. You have three of them. You have Brady. Right. But, yeah. but I'm saying and, and Stidham. as far as how much Garoppolo is going to get paid. Let's say Brady retires or stays with Tampa. Yep. The best free agent quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. He's going to get paid yeah. by somebody. There's going to be a team out there, Washington or New York or here, that's going to be like, oh. We need a serviceable veteran. I mean, Zach Wilson through hell and fire. We're going <laughs> to stick with them. Well, because we, I'm looking at this mock draft right now from USA Today that came out yesterday, and they have CJ Stroud going fifth to the Indianapolis Colts. They need to draft a quarterback. I don't see them trading out of that, especially no, with how rich this draft. Stroud fifth. Yes, I can't believe he's in a draft well, fifth. The problem, I'm guessing. The, the issue is the teams picking two, three, and four don't need a quarterback. Correct. And that's where we're looking at it. Like, but, where's the ordering? The big team that I would look at maybe making a trade is the Atlanta Falcons because I think they're the ones that would try to swoop in. Someone's going to Most try. likely. I don't think he's last until five. I don't either, yeah. Uh, there's and, just no and chance might, he's last And it might be five. the Colts. The Colts yeah, might yeah. sit yeah. there and but say, But Arizona doesn't well. need a quarterback. Seattle, I I well, think you go with Geno again. Yeah, I think Seattle go Gino. goes with Geno again. Yeah. I think you you pay for the culture and you right. go that way. They suck, by the way. We had with the three They're of us had this argument, and I was the only one that said don't pay Geno Smith. And immediately after that, he fell off the face of the earth, and they're going to miss the playoffs because he fell no, off. The no, face Green of Bay's the earth. not making it. Oh, she's scared. I'm not scared. Oh. I'm not scared. I just want <laughs> ultimate suffering. She's scared. I want you don't ultimate want suffering. Bay, she's so scared. No, you don't I, want Green Bay I think the Vikings could lose to anybody in the first round, not just Green Bay. But there's only one. Team you don't want to lose. Play no, them. that would just make the lore even better. But just for Aaron Rodgers, have one last kick in the butt to the Vikings would be kind of funny. But yeah, it really is dependent on which teams are are sniffing around. And there's a lot of teams that are looking, but there's still, like I said, the Cardinals are are slotted in the top four right now. They're not looking for a QB. They might look to trade out. Yeah, I think someone. I, I just like I said, I I do not think in any fashion that Stroud slips to five. Hmm. There's just no chance Stroud goes to five. Yeah, someone yeah. would come up and grab it. I assume so, especially because you're going to have if you're the Bears and you pick second in the draft and you have Fields and you say we're committed to Fields, they have to oh, be yeah. looking to trade out. Sure, yeah. because more assets to surround right, yeah. him with weapons. You yeah. have to they be don't saying, have anybody. We're going to move down to five, six, seven, eight in yes. the first round. Yeah, and and grab and another one as add well. Add an extra first. Yeah, whether it's the following year or whatever. If you're like if you're the Bears, you have to be looking to trade out. Yeah, and if for whatever reason the Bears. Don't and they just draft a non quarterback. They would. Whoever ends up picking third, if it's Arizona or something, or if Seattle does commit to Geno, you also have to be looking yes, to trade out right. as long as Stroud is there. Because you have such a big leverage before. point at that. Yes. Yeah. Have to be. Because if you, especially if you've got a team like Indy and the Raiders sitting there both trying to get up to get Stroud, right. you got to do it because you're going to yeah. get so many good assets back that will help you build a team around Kyler Murray or Geno Smith or Justin Fields. All right. Coming up next. 
we talk about the great Phil Kessel. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Phil's always loose. He's always, you know, he's he's done everything he needs to do in the game. He's he's won cups. He's won trophies. He's, you know, he's accomplished, very accomplished. So I think as a player like that, you can kind of chill out, relax. Um, and as me, I'm you know, high strung, happy, positive, kind of buzzing around and. I think we equal each other out quite a bit and you know he's obviously a guy that I looked up to throughout my career so it's really cool to play with him and um, you know I think that we we match well together out there with our styles of play so it's it's uh, it's nice to have a little connection there. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Phil Kessel had not scored a goal since December 15th, and the night before Lindsay is back on the show for the first time, probably since December 15th, Phil Kessel scores a goal. It was my Christmas wish, and it came true. <laughs> he was honestly the best player on the ice last night. He was on fire. That was, was their. He, he was the. That was the best, best line. line. No, that was the best line out there. He was skating with a different level of pep in his step, and I think a lot of it has to do. <laughs> Uh, playing with his buddy Paul Cotter, they had have a nice connection. Pass to Cotter, didn't he? Yeah, he had an excellent pass to Cotter, and it was just they were all over the ice. They were they were getting the pucks quickly. They weren't they were winning battles. They were winning board battles at that. And I, we don't like Phil in this room apparently, and I can understand that because sometimes he just it doesn't seem like he's fully engaged in the game. Sometimes. Last night he was fully engaged in that game, and I, I think that's the infusion of the energy that Cotter brings in and Jack Eichel. So I'm pumped. I'm you know, excited. I'm still very excited a, about this. You know, I'm still taking a victory lap, right? Well, obviously. I know so uh, hopefully the listeners and the other people sitting in this room with me remember. But about a month ago, I uh, declared that Phil Kessel, it must be illegal to take him out of the lineup because it wasn't happening no matter how poorly he played. So what did I do? I came up with a solution as to what to do with Phil Kessel. And do either of you remember who Phil Kessel should be playing with? Think you said the stats, William uh, Carlson. Yeah, better, better people than he had been playing with. William Carlson. Yep. Would get the best out of Phil Kessel, and guess who got the best out of Phil Kessel? What do you know? William Carlson. What do you know? Do you feel I good? I know a lot. Do you feel good? A little bit. Good. I mean, it would have been better if he just didn't score, but yes. Right. I because here's the two goals that Cotter and and Kessel scored. The, the first one, Carlson is the one who goes and gets the puck behind the net. Plays it out to Cotter, who's in a dangerous area, but then whiffs on the shot. Keyword but, behind the net. But the puck found its way to Kessel, who had a completely wide open net yep. to shoot at. The second one, Carlson wins the puck in the defensive zone along mm -hmm. the boards, gets it up the ice, and all of a sudden Phil Kessel and Paul Cotter have a two-on-one, and Paul Cotter buries it after, like you said. On a, a great nice pass, pass. Great from Phil, pass Kessel. Phil Kessel. He was great last great night. Great timing, great vision. No doubt about it. I'm not discrediting how good he was last night. Problem yeah. is they just don't do that. He just doesn't do that very often. You get that like what, three times so well, far now, this year. We could be in a completely revamped mindset now. This is the start of a seven-game homestand. We got big-time opponents on the sl yeah. uh, slate all the way through. And so... And and a lot of practice time. That was something that Bruce Cassidy was talking a lot about in his post-game presser about 
how little time they'd gotten early on in the season and where they would come back from the East Coast, they'd get one day off and then they'd be back playing they'd another be playing home game. playing every other day. Right. And so you, you lose practice time, so you're not able to kind of iron out some of these details. And then you just don't have the same legs. You don't have the same firing capability or maybe uh, the lungs to really push yourself, especially through that second period, which was still very, very dicey for your Golden Knights, but they just happened to not be scored on. But that was mostly because Aiden Hill was excellent last night as well, which was great for him to have a bounce back performance after a couple rough ones. He got pulled in his last start, and it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's the yeah. first time he's played in a couple of weeks after getting. And perfectly, pulled. Logan Thompson didn't play last night and got named to the All Star yeah, game, so he name, must be chewing on it. He's an All Star. So yes, is that perfectly? Huh? He's he gets very excited about stuff that gets posted about him, so he, he posted it. He does. Oh, you missed it. Yes, while what? you were gone, I declared Logan Thompson now my favorite player. Wow! Because he deleted his Twitter, and then the story that Adam Hill did talking to Logan Thompson. How about, brilliant was that final about, line? <laughs> he's gonna, there were multiple great lines in there. Yeah. One where he said that sometimes I want to get back on Twitter after a good game just to see what people are saying about me. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was, I'm just going to do my job until they run me out of town. Yeah. <laughs> he's just assuming he's gone eventually. Yeah, which I, I find interesting how how he's been able to create a little bit of a of a, a prison for himself in the mind right. that all of a sudden people are coming after him after a couple of bad starts. Like, you haven't even seen the vitriol yet, Logan. <laughs> and honestly, he hasn't really earned it yet either. And so, no, but this is... He's 25. This is his first full year in the league. There's some maturity things we still have to iron out. And uh, ultimately, the big thing for him is finding that consistency because we know that he can play at this level and play at a high level at that. But can you do it night in and night out and not have those little lapses where all of a sudden you let in a couple goals in two minutes and the team's kind of in disarray? And, and so you're sitting at your locker reading Twitter getting Correct. Mad. It's just... <laughs> I don't understand that, I, but I would have a really tough time if I was an athlete and staying away from social media because it's just something that we all participate in in some way, shape, or form. A lot of us do. There's no way I could stay away from it. Do you guys, right. Do you guys remember when Robin Leonard admitted to sitting in the locker room for an hour scrolling through Twitter before a game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just... But he would it's tweet hard to close rip them to because game I think times. all of us do. Yeah, 100%. And that's where it's... It's almost a, a part of the pedestalization that we put with athletes. It's like, well, don't go on there. Don't even participate in this. So you're just in this this solo place where you just talk to your people that are in your inner circle, and that's it. You don't get to participate. I mean, it's probably a happier lifestyle overall, but oh, th- sure this is just part sure of the happier. business. And so he has to learn how to become desensitized to that, essentially. Right. Because I think he is an incredibly fiery player. He has more than enough motivation and, and things to kind of – chew on when he's looking to to get himself going i but it's it's just the sheer volume that's what it is with, with social media there's just it keeps coming and coming and coming and you can find how many unique messages or dms he was talking about that he was getting from people i would just look at the tweets and not look at the dms <laughs> solutions i mean ed's yeah, solution apparently. was close your dms yeah. his dms Ed, are open well i don't know he said he was looking at the dms so i'm like well how about you go halfway where you don't look at the well, dms you don't look and at you DMs, look at, just the, look at the, the feeds tweets. exactly yeah. exactly here's an important question for you hmm. are the penguins going to miss the playoffs <sighs> they're in serious doubt the they're last time they doubt. missed it was 2006 yeah it's been a it's been a minute but you know i kind of predicted this at least i didn't really know how this was going to work out with the Penguins because once you bring Evgeny Malkin back at the number that you did and you make that commitment, the commitment to that core, to Sid, to Latang, uh, to Malkin, um, you're kind of using borrowed time. 
the chances that they make make it slim and the chances that they make it and then go on a run, I don't know. Their defensive core is so bad. Like, it wasn't so much that the Knights played so good last night. It was because the Penguins defensemen were so bad in the first period. Four of the five Golden Knights goals. The only one that wasn't like this was the very end of the second period where Stone deflected it yeah. just through the legs. But four, the other four goals, there was nobody within five feet right. of the shooter if, when they scored. If Jack Eichel is on the ice, I don't understand how you get four Penguin bodies on one side of the ice. Like, you just have something. This is a guy I need to be aware of at all times, and I need to be in the general vicinity. Because when that play blew up when, on, on his goal, I was just like, was it a bad change? Because both of those first two goals were kind of quick strikes. They didn't have that much sustained offensive zone time. They were kind of on the rush, or they got the four check on that first goal, and then they just pushed it out in front, and then it was bang, bang. But... It was just it was bad decision on bad decision and and poor execution. They're missing Chris Letang, and if Chris Letang is your best defenseman, you are not in a good position. Even the uh, Stevenson power play goal. I know you got four skaters on the ice because you're mm-hmm. killing a penalty, but he just sort of skated to the slot. And <laughs> nobody went with him from Pittsburgh. Like, well, that's and Stone doesn't. This is area. this is why I want Mark Stone down low because he draws people to him, and if not eyes, you have bodies and momentum going towards him, and so that's going to open up more space in front or at the point. And I just like Stevenson's release. He's a quicker release, and so I think he's able to execute on those shots at a much higher level. And then you you utilize Stone's vision and his touch passes, which I think are the best on the team. That's your tweet here. I love the tweet. You know what you I like? Read about, it? You, you want to read it for us? Share that's it why you have Stone down low in the power play to weaponize his vision. Perfectly defeat Stevenson in the slot, whose release likes I like better. Challenging goaltender depth control, set timing versus lateral play. This is the part I like. Mm. Lots of long leggers in the league. Yes. These days that can stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I love those tweets. There's tall goaltenders everywhere. Lots of long those, leggers in the league. We can explode side to side really well. We can get back door saves. I mean, Aiden Hill had a couple of those last night. That's what, what Logan Thompson specializes in. But when you get these guys moving from their, their post with their butts against the goal line and even just trying to gap out another two feet, you're just trying to catch them before they set their edges. Because then even if they go down, they're not going to be able to make the save because they're not you know, holstered and ready to go to fire. And so it, with Casey DeSmith, none of those goals in the first period were his fault because of that. And because the Golden Knights have found a lot more of their offense based down below the goal line, which is, I think, great. And ultimately, it results in fewer turnovers going back the other way as well because those pucks aren't getting broken up towards uh, your defensemen. How do you feel about a goalie being number one like Casey DeSmith? I used to be number one. I was number one all through high school. So if, really? if you're going to be... A singular number in in goal number one is the Should line. Be number one. If if you're nine five four, I don't know what you're doing. What about I, zero? I I don't think I've ever seen a zero in hockey. Is that allowed? I don't think so. Oh, is that maybe it, it must be allowed, but I don't think anybody would do it. There's a Indiana Pacers have a number zero and a number double zero. Double, yeah. Basketball is different. I used to see double zero a lot in college. But was it Russell Westbrook, the one that kind of popularized zero, at least in the modern lexicon? I don't know. Consciousness. One of those words. He wears zero? Yeah. Yeah. Russell Westbrook? Oh, yeah. I don't know if he popularized. Not double zero. No, no, No. not double zero. No. Yeah. Double zero. But double zero is a number in the NBA. Right. You can wear two zeros. So weird. The only other place I've seen that is uh, college soccer. UNLV women's soccer. Had a double? Their goalies. Are numbers zero one double zero and zero one? I would call them zero Knox. one. Yeah, because they they wear different jerseys, so they order different jerseys for the goalies, and it's just these are the four numbers you get. <laughs> if you were double it. zero, your nickname would automatically be Knox for binoculars because it just looks like binoculars. 
Okay. I don't me. hate that nickname. <laughs> Thank you. It just took a long time to describe it. That's better it did not than, take a long time to describe it. It took you, one line. We had to sit there and be like, Knox, binoculars, because they look, look like, like binoculars. the eye holes. I'm on just trying binoculars. to make sure everybody gets the joke. It's better than uh, Brownie. How dare you? Or Wazzy. Oh, that's the Wazzy's worst. Wazzy's great. No, I took Wazzy. it in the middle last time. Like, who's Wazzy? It's, it's longer than his actual name. Yeah. You got to have an I, E, or a Y in almost everything. Yeah, yeah there has to be you an E, Y. That's why I'm saying. Because, like, yeah, when you're yelling on the ice, Wah! Wah! That it's it's not the same. Wazzy! Yeah. Waz better. It's shorter. Sure. Saves you time. But just because it's shorter doesn't mean that it rolls off the tongue as effectively. Yeah, it does. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Because you don't know what the future holds. But when I think about that, it's nothing but gratitude. Not remorse or sadness. Just gratitude for the time that I've been here. The amazing memories that I've had on this field. I've been a lot of great moments. But, you know, I'm still undecided. Uh, uh, we're all undecided about the future. And we're just going to enjoy uh, Sunday night and hopefully have some more to play for. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. Hey, Ben. Good, mo- good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys feeling heading into Week 18? Good. Um, so let me ask you this. If you were placing a bet uh, right now on somebody to win the Super Bowl, is there anybody out there that you think has a good value at the moment? Oof, so that is that is a good question. I do think the most likely uh, you know outcome is probably the Kansas City Chiefs. We have them like at a 22% chance. Um, you know, of winning the Super Bowl, I would say right now it's it's kind of dicey. I know a lot of books have actually kind of taken it down before we you know really understand what's going to happen here in the AFC playoff race. But I have a really hard time, especially given you know the most recent events, kind of leaning in the Chiefs' direction. I would say that they are very much, I would say, you know, my preferred side to bet on the Super Bowl right now. Were you okay with what they did with the Bengals and Buffalo Bills game? I mean, I think there was definitely probably some oversights. Like if the, I, I know some people have complained about this, but if like Buffalo plays Cincinnati, you know, in the divisional round, I think that was a situation that also probably should have been handled by a coin flip. Um, I, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, I very much obviously would have liked to see that game play out initially, you know, like, you know, after the fact maybe, but that obviously disrupts so many things that I think kind of going with the most simple approach, which very much seems like they did in trying to, you know, upend as little as possible was probably the right decision. But I think specifically they probably should have looked at, you know, a Bills-Bengals matchup happening in the divisional round and, and maybe done more to, like, not have that kind of lead maybe in the Bills' direction too much, I would say. So I'm curious on Cincinnati and sort of uh, probability that they win the Super Bowl. They had the opportunity to win their way into the two seed and potentially even the one seed if, the, if Kansas City were to lose a game. But they had the opportunity to win their way into the two seed, and that didn't happen for them. They don't have that opportunity anymore. And even beyond that, they might be playing a road game in the first round of the playoffs in Baltimore if they lose this weekend and then lose a coin toss. I'm curious from just uh, probability, like what did that do to Cincinnati? How far would they fall in terms of likelihood to win the Super Bowl if they have to play on the road against Baltimore in week one, or in the first round of the playoffs when it could have been you know, the two seed all the way through? Right, yeah. I, I mean, I would say just for that particular game, obviously, you know, roughly we, we like to say probably like a point and a half 
differential going from like a home field advantage to neutral site. So roughly almost like a three-point swing in that particular game alone, which is, you know, I would say somewhat significant from a win probability standpoint, moving that much. And obviously that kind of has a wrinkle effect on going through to the rest of the Super Bowl because, you know, if the Bengals do, you know, somehow, you know, probably get that victory against Buffalo in whatever fashion that was happening, obviously they were winning at the time, um, you know, that, that the DeMar Hamlin injury situation happened. But, like, if they end up winning that game, like you said, they very much have a, a, a more clear path to getting that number one seed. And I think especially in the AFC, especially this year with how things are going to break in a lot of ways in the way in which the number one seed is probably going to avoid a team maybe like the Los Angeles Chargers or a team, you know, like the Baltimore Ravens who are probably – you know, a better matchup for that one seed than actually getting, you know, a, a team like the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, I think it is pretty drastic to their potential chance to get back to the Super Bowl because I think the one seed in the AFC has has a lot more value than what we've even seen in years past just with the path that they are going to have in order to kind of get to the Super Bowl. So I think it swings things pretty dramatically from Cincinnati's perspective. We have them with 11% chance of winning the Super Bowl right now, 18% chance of getting into the conference championship. I do think they would honestly be up closer to 25, 26% chance that they did end up with that number one seed. And if they do play a road playoff game, I think it drops it even further to probably roughly like, you know, a 15 or 14% chance of winning that conference championship. So, Almost a 10% swing just based on that decision alone. Uh, I would say, you know, a, a pretty drastic change in their overall outlook coming up here for the playoffs. Should the Vikings lose this weekend so they can't get the two seed and can't lose to the Packers in the first round of the playoffs? I mean, I think that's, I think the matchup that they're dreaming about is obviously the New York Giants and, and you know, the team that they, Beat, you know, already at home in a game that was, you know, obviously came down to the end, which all Vikings games do, but, like, it was a game that they very much seemed to be in control of or winning basically the entire game as well. So I very much think, you know, I don't think they're going to throw this game, but I have to think that they feel much better about their matchup against the New York Giants than they do against Green Bay. So we'll see how they end up, you know, allowing this to play out. I do think, you know, obviously some of the decision is going to be whether they want a road or home playoff game in the divisional round, if they do win in the wild card round, that obviously plays into it as well. But uh, I would be, you know, as a Vikings fan, I feel much better about facing off against the Giants than, you know, the Green Bay Packers, I would say, at this point in time. Don't you feel good about facing anybody but the Green Bay Packers at this time? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I did get, I got asked, I think, yesterday, like, what, what would I consider a successful Vikings season and I got lambasted for saying making it to the Super Bowl, but given where given where the Vikings currently are right now, you know, and, and how they've kind of performed on the stretch. But to me, like that, that should be the expectation for you know a number of fans, especially given you know their win loss record and everything else. Like, I don't want to be satisfied with making it to a conference championship game and losing or something like that. You you want to kind of get to that glory spot, no matter if you struggle down the stretch or not. And I think that should maybe be you know, the expectation and the, and the standard that, you know, fans want to have for their football team. Uh, not exactly the same because last year Cincinnati was a division winner, had a home game in the first round, but can the Chargers do what the Bengals did last year and go to the Super Bowl? I actually very much think so. I think they are becoming, you know, a very dangerous team. And I also think, you know, Rashawn Slater potentially being back in the fold is actually going to open up a lot more things for them offensively. Obviously they have all their wide receivers back, but they still haven't, I would say, 
I would say focus more on the downfield passing attack. And I think that's very much, you know, Justin Herbert's strength. And they've very much been this kind of like dump off team, you know, had a few situations where they have had to throw it on third and long. But outside of that, they've been more dip and dunk. And I think that if they have, you know, the offensive linemen to hold up in pressure type situations and in pass blocking situations, like they can very much win downfield. And if they finally, you know, kind of start to figure out some of these pieces that they have defensively, they are a very dangerous team, and I think that's, you know, they're they're the main team that I would say, you know, definitely as far as, like, the wild card entries, very dangerous team. And, and the reason why I also think, you know, the, the, the number one seed in the AFC could be so valuable because you don't have to beat, you know, two of three teams and in, in basically, you know, the Chargers um, and, and the Bengals and, and the Bills when you are the Kansas City Chiefs because you kind of avoid, you know, two of those three teams and really only have to beat one of them, whereas, you know, if you're in the, one of those other two teams, it's looking more and more like that you probably have to beat both of them and then potentially beat Kansas City at some point. Game that means something at six and a half, Jacksonville, Tennessee, given Tennessee's quarterback situation, are the Jags going to the playoffs? I think the Jags are going to the playoffs, but I also think, you know, at six and a half, I would almost lean in the Titans' direction. I say that as somebody that's trying to middle or hedge some, you know, AFC South futures on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I do have a little bit of Tennessee Titans plus six and a half exposure. I do think Jacksonville is going to end up getting it done, but these are games where, you know, if you look back on it in the playoffs and towards the end of the regular season, like these are very much games where Mike Vrabel wins, right? They have Derrick Henry back in the fold. If he does, you know, break a long run early and if Tennessee, you know, jumps out to an early lead, this is going to be a really hard mucked up game. I would say for the Jacksonville Jaguars to win. So, uh, I'm concerned about it from a Jacksonville perspective. I do think they're en- going to end up getting it done. But Josh Joshua Dobbs, I thought, looked really good last week. Um, you know, very much I would say could potentially win this game. So given the fact that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up as well, uh, I think plus six and a half is just a little bit uh, too too much, I would say, from Tennessee Titans side right now. We don't want to see the Titans, Ben. Don't don't tell we me don't. at all we that don't. the Titans might win this game. I don't want to hear that because I don't want to watch them play. Um, all right, here's a here's a question that I'll probably ask you multiple times over the next few months. Uh, if you were betting on it, which team would you bet on for Tom Brady to take a snap for next season? Oof, that is a good question. I think it's weirdly, I don't know. I I don't think it's actually going to be Tampa Bay. I'm not quite sure what happened with the you know the coaching change in the offseason, how much. Say he had in it, but I, I think that's you know one of if not the main problem for Tampa Bay right now. So I, I think he ends up elsewhere. I also think there's a very good chance that Aaron Rodgers ends up elsewhere. We could see another you know quarterback carousel. Um, I, I know people have linked him to the New Orleans Saints, Tom Brady specifically. I think that definitely makes some sense given you know the veteran laden roster, especially defensively that they have. But you know going to a division rival. I'm not sure he is going to do that. And I very much, you know, am questioning, you know, where Sean Payton ends up. If he ends up, you know, without an established quarterback, um, I very much think that's going to be a signal that Tom Brady is going to probably end up in that same spot. So those are kind of the the dominoes I'm waiting for. But uh, I would say I'd be pretty surprised to see Tom Brady, um, you know, once again, suit up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. Can't believe you didn't say the Raiders because of their vaunted defense. They're scary defense. Well, he has been Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. So there is Ben, uh, the second Minnesotan to be on the show today. Got two oofdas in his hit. We got more. Well, do you agree with him if it's not the Super Bowl or bust? I... (laughs) 
I don't know. It's just we're so jaded because we've gotten to so many NFC Championship games and then faltered. And so I I think it would be a huge, huge victory for them if they were able to make the Super Bowl. I don't think it's happening, but it would be very nice. All right. We've got $600 we're going to try to give away here in week 18. Um, You're just going to have to pick the winners of three NFL games that we give you. And if you can do that, you win 600 bucks. Um, so call in now, 702-364-1100. We'll take the third caller at 702-364-1100. You're going to have a shot to win $600 because it's Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy. Cars out of the gun on second and goal. Snap, handoff Jacobs, probes the middle, pushing, pushing. Touchdown Raiders! He would not be denied. He got right on the back of Dylan Parham. And Andre James at a one-yard Jacobs touchdown run gives the Raiders a 13-0 lead one minute into the second quarter. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. It is Friday Football Frenzy sponsored by Dollar Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of the 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. And we've got $600 up for grabs and Jerry on the phone. All right, Jerry, we've got three games for you. If you can correctly pick the winner of all three games, you will win $600. Your first game, Titans at Jags. Uh, We'll do the Jaguars. All right, next game, Lions at Packers. Uh, go Packers. And your final game, Texans at Colts. Uh, we'll do Colts. All right, Jags, Packers, Colts, all the home teams. If they yeah. all win, Jerry, you'll be taking home $600. If one of them or more falls, um, we'll have, I think, $700 to give away in the playoffs. So, good luck, Jerry. Uh, all right, thank you. Good luck, Jerry. So Friday Thank football you. frenzy brought to you by Dollar Loan Center. $600 here in the final week of the regular season that we are trying to give away. So those are the three games. Titans, Jags, Lions, Packers, and Texans. Colts, Jags, Packers, and Colts are Jerry's picks. Um, Hate the Packers pick, but all right. You know they're going to the playoffs, right? No. I'm going to believe in Seattle. It doesn't matter and, what and Seattle Pete does. I thought, I thought it's between those two. And Detroit, but if, but it's and winning. De- in. If the Packers win, oh. they're in, no matter what. If the Packers lose, granted they play last, but if the Packers lose and Seattle wins, Seattle's in. Go Seattle! So the Packers play the last game of the weekend. So Seattle have already played. So you'll be looking at that final game, knowing if the Seahawks have a chance. But which, by the way, if the Packers lose, they're out because if Detroit beats them, Detroit would go in the event that the Seahawks lost to the Rams. How amazing would it be if the Lions, what, in Campbell's second year, if they if they were able to pull this off and make the plofs? be huge. Well, he's the one you want in there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Not because of the team. Well, and I just, that's a huge boost to that organization in general. Sure. I think you'd get a ton of tread with free agents in the offseason if that happens. Ed, I'm changing my uh, desired outcome. We agreed earlier in the week we want the Lions in. Dan Campbell's fun. The offense is fun. I want Lindsay to suffer. Why? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Let's get the Packers in. Let's get the Packers you in. You sadist. How dare I you? Need, uh, <laughs> so we, I think we need Packers win, Vikings win, 49ers loss. And that would put the Vikings as the two hosting the seven seed Packers in the first round of the playoffs. And that's what I want to see. So that's what I'm cheering for. Uh, put the uh, Packers in and have them knock out. I would the like to see Jair Alexander and Justin Jefferson spar again. That's going to be a hell of a rivalry for the next few years, guys. I won't be a sadist. I'll stay with the Lions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Ed Vaud. Ed You're Vaud. my favorite. Ed You're Vaud. my favorite in this room. I'm just here to see people uh, 
see people cry. Um, but <laughs> as Ben Brown said earlier, if you're the Vikings, you, you probably sit everybody this week. Most like, teams do, right? Like you're well, if they they technically have something to play for, they can get the two seed with a win. Yeah, but they are likely to be the three seed because even if they win and the 49ers win, they can't get the two seed. They so, pulled everybody with five minutes or more left in the fourth quarter because it was so out of well, hand. Yeah, it's because yeah. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers kind of destroyed them. Yeah, but like if they lose, they're the three seed and they're guaranteed a match up with the with the uh, with the New York Giants. And Ben Brown, as he said, that's probably not a matchup you're too concerned about. Yeah, like you're, you'll be fine. Should no be fine. faith in Dayball. No faith in DJ. I mean, he's 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 a good coach, but no, no. more faith no. they beat the Giants. More faith they beat the Giants than the Packers. Yeah, the Packers aren't even that good though. Like that's agreed. The like, they're not that. Good. I think last week was kind of an anomaly. I just I, the Vikings do a really good <laughs> the Vikings job. Whole season's been an anomaly. I know, but like, I, but that's what I mean. Games. I just I I don't I don't expect them to play that poorly again. Yeah, and, and especially when you have notes so close in proximity. Like it's not week one versus last week. It, it, it's a crazy amount of time for it to transpire between you're, the two. You're still a believer in the Ken doll. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm a huge, you know. Ever since uh, his family started taking on money, mummies in Egypt, I've been a fan of the O'Connells. <laughs> you know this. I'm a huge fan. You know, fun stat. What the Raiders have a better point differential than the Vikings this year. <laughs> it's it's the one score games. The Vikings are 12 and four, but they are minus 19 in point differential. <laughs> Last week didn't help that. No, did not. Did not. No, their defense is not good. Raiders are only minus Boomer five bust. Boomer bust. Uh, Ed, what about in the AFC? Uh, so we've got the AFC South, which is Tennessee Jacksonville. Winner of that game wins the division, gets the four seed, hosts a home game. We also have the seven seed. New England is in no matter what if they beat Buffalo. Miami is in if they beat the Jets and New England loses to Buffalo. And Pittsburgh has a shot to get in if they beat Cleveland and New England, and Miami lose. Jacksonville and Miami. I think Miami beats the Jets, and I think Buffalo wins. Mm-hmm. Man, is Skylar Thompson playing quarterback for the Dolphins this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they beat the Jets, too. But Tua might be done this year, right? I mean, probably Because I mean, McDaniel be. is like, we're not we're not including him for the rest of the regular season plans and was very non-committal in the playoffs. I think if you have three concussions in a year, that probably is a good idea. Oh, right. Tua? Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be done. I, even even if they make the postseason, yeah, I, he's got to be done. I don't think you break. He couldn't back remember things about plays he ran yeah. when they were watching film. He couldn't even remember plays. Well, I can't remember what we talked about last segment, oh. but you know, <laughs> worst case scenario, I think for us, New England beats Buffalo and gets the seven seed, and Tennessee beats yeah. Jacksonville. Oh, and gets God. The, there, then there'd be two AFC playoff teams that I just have that nobody wants to watch. Just they're Mac not Jones. good. Yeah, like Tannehill's out. No, thank you. They no. started Joshua Dobbs after they signed him a week before. Yeah. Unreal. So uh, let's go Jags and let's go Dolphins. Do we, I mean, Fins I, up. I guess the Dolphins are the best, but like New England, Pittsburgh and Miami without Tua. <sighs> That's not very fun either, but we get more sound bites from Microdose McD. We so. do. And Tyree kill is fun. Even if he doesn't have a quarterback, um, what the hell do the Raiders do? Why are they not? You're telling me. <laughs> The Patriots, the Steelers, and the Dolphins without Tua—they couldn't compete with that. The Raiders, yeah, six and ten. Unbelievable. They didn't even come, didn't even come close. God.
that they'd be way more fun than all of these yes. teams. Debacle factor, very high. E- even if they had still pitched Derek Hart, it was Jared Stidham running around back there throwing things. So uh, they blew it. They could have been in the playoffs this year again.